We would like to dedicate this episode to Jerry Lindsay, who was a walking testimony to the love of Jesus Christ. Well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome to the Wofoyo Podcast with C-Dub and Bones. What's the difference between believing in the Lord and knowing Him? What's the difference between fearing the Lord and knowing Him? That's the topic for today's episode, Knowing versus Believing. But first, a word from our sponsors. You've been working hard all week. You've been giving it your all. Some people might notice and say thanks, but most won't. The whole thing leaves you feeling, well, underappreciated. With all that you give the church, it's time that you get something back. You need a title. That's where we can help. We're Titles R Us, and for a reasonable donation, we can provide the title and proper documentation to raise your self-esteem. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, we got them all. Feeling disrespected? A prophetess title will ensure no one calls you by your middle name ever again. You're the sharpest dressed person in your congregation, but something is missing. Complete your ensemble with an honorary Doctor of Divinity or Theology title. Salvation not required. Starting with our deacon and elder packages at just $19.95, up to our most popular minister certificate, we have the proper titles to fit every pocketbook and ego. Certify your five-fold anointing with just a three-digit love offering. At Titles R Us, we provide the respect and recognition you deserve, even if you don't have the goods. Titles. Granddaddy cooked moonshine in the hills of West Virginia, but she found the Lord. And although it wasn't easy, she found a way to honor the family tradition without compromising her faith. She started by harvesting only the best sweet corn, following the family recipe exactly, and canning it right before it turned into mash. She then fed it to the children she babysat, and they all turned out just fine. Dorothy Daniels Cream Corn, canned in the finest mountain tradition, has not only the finest ingredients, but also enough love to raise kids that aren't your own just like they were. Dorothy Daniels Cream Corn. It'll make you behave. Hey folks, if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, check out our book, The Christian Self-Defense Manual. Now available in print and ebook formats at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. All right, welcome to the Wofoyo podcast with C-Dub and Bones. Today, we are talking about relationship, what I refer to as knowing versus believing. We talked about, one of the things we talked about in our book is it starts off with relationship, it ends with relationship, and there are battles of eternal consequences that are being fought over our souls. And when we look back, the original intent of God is that relationship that was present in the Garden of Eden, where he walked with Adam, he walked with Eve in the cool of the day. 
and he told he told him how to name the animals. He told him how to exercise dominion, and in that he was relaying his information, and there was fellowship. It records that they were naked and not ashamed, so there wasn't really any barrier between God and man. And then we also know what happens through the fall. That's what's lost. Then also we go back, and, and, and through the covenants of Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and then Jesus Christ, all these things happen simply to restore that fellowship, that relationship. And we know that, that through that through the cross, our fellowship is restored. If you really want to get to the heart of the matter, everything that God's doing is so he can have that relationship with you, so you can have that relationship with Jesus. Everything that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, all the circumstances that God's bringing your way, and sometimes we don't recognize that they're challenges, they're challenges, but they're actually opportunities. And depending on how you're looking at them, you have the enemy trying to use the situation as a barrier, and he's going to do everything he can. Every one of his agents are going to try and do everything they can to prevent you from having that relationship, to intimidate you try and get a, give us to give up what's ours or to divert you from that relationship with Christ. And I see a lot of diversion from that relationship now. A lot of, we talked uh, one of our last podcasts about the attention level. Uh, but everything that God and his agents are doing, everything that the Holy Ghost is doing, everything that angels are doing, everything that your fellow believers are doing, that is all to help deepen that relationship and make it more intimate. It, it, a lot of times the same situation is present and the enemy's working one angle trying to divert or kill your relationship with Jesus and God's using the same situation to cause you to go deeper into Jesus. Right, right. You know, everything that the Lord is doing is restorative in nature. Everything. Yeah. And, you know, I think we, we sometimes have this this idea, and it's kind of shallow-minded uh, a little bit, but we have this idea that um, that he's he's restored us uh, as as far as salvation goes, or we've now we've we've been saved, and now now that we are saved, our whole job is to go get other folks saved, and that is part of the job. But still, God is dealing with us even after our salvation, because uh, our salvation is 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 an ongoing process as well. Um, yes, and. And I don't say that to to make you think that you can somehow lose your salvation or or be eternally separated from God uh, once you've been saved. Uh, I say that because salvation that that continuing process of salvation is is that restorative process that God uh, is doing with us through that through our entire lives. He's He's restoring our relationship with Him. He's restoring our relationships with our, our fellow man. He's restoring our relationships with our, our co-workers, with our family. Um, he's restoring our relationship with our, uh, it, it, I think I could say it, say it this way, our relationship with our authority uh, in, in, the, uh, in the principalities and powers of the air. All that stuff that we surrendered in the Garden of Eden through sin, God is restoring all all of that. So if you think you can go to the altar and and get saved and boom, you have it all back, 
uh, all at once. That's just not the case. So he's everything that he does is restorative in nature, and that's why um, this relationship is important. It's it's less important that we go out and, and tell everybody what they're doing wrong. It's more important that we have that relationship with Jesus. Then they'll see what we've got right, and they'll want to have more. They'll want to know more and be a part of what we're doing. You know, there were two things I heard you saying there when you were talking about the restoration. I'll have to look it up. Don't have it right in front of me, but there's either it's either in the Psalms or over. It's either in Psalms or Proverbs, but there is a verse where it says, "You send forth your spirit, and they are re, they are recreated." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yep. you renew the face of the earth. So even in that, we see that one of the things that the Holy Spirit is doing, not only is he a creator, but he's a recreator. There's a recreation of who we are. There's a recreation of that relationship. And we go through these processes where, you know, there's part of us, there's part of that old man that's still hanging on. And it doesn't happen all at once. You know, we do have that salvation experience, but even throughout that salvation experience, there are times that you're going to go through where stuff is going to be broken off and that part of you is changed. That part of you goes, it's once you go through the experience, you are way, way different than when it started. The other thing that stood out when you were talking was, you know, going to the altar, you're going to answer the altar call. You're going to get, well, I've answered the altar call and I'm saved. For those who haven't read the book, the Christian self-defense manual, it's this structure is based on what we went through in the, in the army. It's based on actually basic training. Can you imagine if you went in and you signed up and you go to MEPS and you signed it and you took the oath? Okay. I'm in the army. <laughs> and that's just it. Yeah. I was in the army. No, you wasn't. In a, you, you're getting ready to find out. So they'll send you to reception and then they'll send you to basic training. That whole thing is progressing. You being in the army or you is, is really like salvation. There's a different step after that. They're going to send you to learn some kind of trade. They're going to teach you to learn your specialty. And if you stand out at certain things, they're going to, have some other special things that they'll teach you, whether you go uh, airborne or aerosol. Some people, one of the things, and uh, I know that was big with where you went through, one of the big add-ons that you could do, and there was a lot of people washed out, thought it'd be a good idea, and they washed out of it when I was going through uh, my AIT. There was a lot of people that thought Combat Diver would be something. That was an add-on that was available. So, when you go through all that, and then you get the permanent party, this whole that whole process of being in the military, you go through it and it changes you. It change it rewires your brain. It rewires certain parts of you. It changes the way you act. And to be quite honest, even after you get out, it still has that effect. Right. I right. tell you, if I hear "revelly, revelly," my butt ain't staying in bed. <laughs> you know, there's exactly when the Star Spangled Banner is played. I can look. Up, my boy was on a state championship football team. It was a really good year last year. 
But one of the things I've loved and having having my oldest son went to all these football games and then looking at it, especially with all the protests and all the other stuff that's been going on the last couple of years, watching my son's team the last three years, is when we're in that football stadium, you can tell every one of the vets. The way they go to attention and the way they stand when that national anthem is played, you can tell. Right. You can just look at the body structure and, and, and the posture. It changes. Uh, their shoulders are a little bit further back. And even though they might not salute anymore, um, and they got their got, got their hats over their, their hearts or their hands over their hearts, even though they might be doing that, you could tell you were in. Mm-hmm. And uh, even uh, even when you think about some of the other things, to, uh, that military experience, it really changes how we process information. And there, there are certain, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like a mental checklist. There are certain procedures that, uh, that I go through with problem solving or if I'm going to set about to complete a task, I was in two and a half years because they were real short for guys to do what I did. And I wasn't doing too much high speed, but even that two and a half years in, it rewired my brain. It taught me problem solving skills. It taught me how to set up a structure to go out and actually do something. Right. Even now. And I guarantee you, I lost a lot more than I, than I retained. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, if, if we wanted to look at, at that model, uh, would you imagine if folks uh, uh, went to the recruiter and, and and put their name on the dotted line and then didn't go through any training and didn't um, didn't do anything else afterwards? We'd have a, a poorly defended nation, is what we yes. have. Um, and well, the same thing happens with us as Christians, except the difference. What's happened in the past is is uh, you know we. We've gotten into this idea that these that uh, our churches' programs and uh, and, and and different missionaries and, and uh, uh, seminaries and all these things are, are going to do the training. Uh, really, what God wants to do, He wants to train you Himself. Uh, he He wants mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit to to do all the training. And that's not to say that you can't have accountability uh, with with your brethren and whatnot, but. Um, he wants us to have that relationship with him so that he can teach us and lead, guide, and direct us. Um, that's that's the biggest thing that, that, that he wants with us. I remember I remember Frank uh, and the way that he would talk about the Holy Spirit, and he would talk about his prayer life and whatnot. Because and, that was, that was kind of confused me. When I was first saved, was I supposed to was I supposed to get on my knees? Was I supposed to kneel? What what am I supposed to do with my hands when I pray? Mm-hmm. And and I really don't know why. You know, the enemy can really make something so natural be really awkward. But I remember Frank telling us one day, he said, "You know, I just talked to him. I just talked to the Holy Spirit. Yes, um, I just talked to him like he's right here in the room with me." And man. That just really, that really landed, uh, that really landed on home plate for me. Uh, and I think of all the books that I've seen on prayer and all the the study I've heard on prayer, those couple sentences have probably uh, impacted me more on how to pray. Just simply talk to him 
like he's right there in the room with you. And I tell you what, I would uh, I, I would love to have that conversation with Frank again because that's uh, like that's meant more to me than anything I can remember. Yeah, I remember that, and it was such confirmation for the direction I was heading. At that particular time, we had just left the church uh, under the leading of God. And, and, you know, I, I really believe in loyalty. That's one of my, it can, it's bit me in the butt a couple times. But I really believe that that is one of the things that we've lost. And, you know, it's not a blind loyalty like it used to be with some folks. But at the same time, you recognize their flaws, but you cover for them. It also means loyalty will also mean confronting sometimes, mm-hmm. even if it's not appreciated. Yep. Um, what was the, what was that line in, I believe, Lord of the Rings when he's trying to get the <laughs> ring away from away from uh, Bilbo Baggins? And he says, "I'm not trying to I'm not trying to rob you. I'm trying to help you." Right. And right. a lot of times, a lot of times, it's like that when when you have to confront a friend out of loyalty. It's like I'm not trying to hurt you. Trying to help. But exactly. We we stayed on with that church just out of loyalty because we liked the staff there. We liked the pastor uh, and his wife. And we just didn't want to be ones that flaked out. And we finally found out that God was calling us out of that. Uh, he saved us from a lot of stuff that happened that we really didn't need to be part of. And, you know, I'm really thankful that he that he did. But it. So we're just kind of out here floating. We're looking because that's what you do is you look for a new church and all this. And I remember once I started to get alone out of that church environment and I'd, I'd started this way, but yet I, my wife and I at the time, we had really fell in it. We had fallen into that trap of this is how you do it. This is this is this style of praise and worship or that style of mm. praise and worship. If you really want to be effective and you had people that it was impressive to hear and pray. Oh, and yeah. to be fair, these were people that when they prayed, the Holy ghost did show up. Yep. So this is not like some kind of dry theological mental exercise, but these were people that walked in power. These were people that walked in the anointing of the Holy ghost. But when they prayed. We tended, we found our, what, what God was breaking off of us and what we didn't know was we had copied style. Amen. Yep. We had copied their style. We had copied the style of the people we saw on the television. And so there's a lot of things that, you know, as people listen to these podcasts, as they read the book, it's going to sound like we're knocking them. And we are knocking them. But the reason we're knocking them is. Not be, to hold ourselves up on some pedestal is because we were the ones that got taken in. And I'm telling you, I was the chief violator of all this. This is stuff, the stuff that we're putting in the book. I know you are. I know this is stuff that had to get re- broken off of us. Yeah. This is, this is not something, or let me tell you how it ought to be. No, we're telling you from experience, this is how it is. <laughs> and, yeah. and if, it, and if, if we got to cover a topic, and we're not experienced. One of the things in the book is we will tell you we're not the experts on this, but you should be aware that it's out there. And there's some really long sections in that book, and there's some really short sections in that book. But what I remember, I was starting to get this stuff to break off of me, and I was going out in the woods, 
I was going out into just these areas to be alone and talk with God. And when Frank said that, man, it was it was like somebody lit the car- lit, lit the propane tank. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> I was talking a little bit before we started recording and everything. A little bit about the wilderness, a little bit about my first wilderness adventure. Sometimes God will will bring you out of out of a place and put you into the wilderness. And I would I'd like to be able to say that God's always going to tell you where you're going, and He's always going to tell you why He's doing it and everything. But that's not always the case. Um, I remember my first trip into the wilderness. I had no idea where God was sending me. I had no idea what He was doing in my life. All I had was a simple word, and that word was to go. And what was really scary was that other people around me didn't really understand that either. Uh, And some of those people wanted to pull me back uh, and get me to stay with them. But if I did that, well, that would have been that would have been dangerous on on my part uh, because I would have created more problems than than anything. I would have had to be obedient as much as I hate to use that word obedient um, because I didn't necessarily go just because God said go. I went because there was something inside of me that knew. There was something inside of me that was being drawn uh, out there into the yes. wilderness. And now, and we're talking, this was almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can look back on that now, and I can say, you know what? That's how I know the Holy Spirit was in it. The, the Spirit, Holy Spirit was confirming inside of me and was actually drawing me out there in, in, into the wilderness. We talk about knowing versus believing. and. Yeah. And you and I, we kind of quip back and forth uh, to each other, and, and we like to say that uh, a man with experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. Um, yes. And that comes into play here. Part of this restorative process, this relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and, 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 and the Father is is experiential in nature. He wants you to have these, these experiences mm-hmm. um, so that— Number one, next time you go through it, you've got some knowledge to glean from. You've got some experience to glean from. Number two, you can share that with others as well. Um, but it, even sharing that with others is not as good as them actually going through it. Yeah. But having been there and having that experience, what it does for you more than anything is it proves God's faithfulness. The next time oh, you does go, it oh, exactly. Man. The, yeah. the next time you go through something, you can look back and say, "Now wait a minute, I thought I was at my wits' ends last time, but you know God showed up large and in charge, and 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 there He was. So He didn't bring me all the way to this point just to fail. He could let me fail way back there. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to have to walk on and and walk with Him because. He's got my back no matter. He's got my back and my front no matter what. I was thinking about uh, you were talking about some of those things that get chipped away and broken off. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus talks about buying that gold from him, that refined gold. And and there's a, a refinement process that the Bible talks about where that, you know, how the gold is refined and, and the dross comes up and it's, and, it's, yep. and it's wiped away. There's a lot of truth in that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times these, I just share my own experiences. That way I can't pick on anybody but myself. There's been seasons where God has dealt with me and brought me through things. And I look at that and go, man, I swore I had that in check. 
You know, I knew I, why am I being why am I so angry now? Why is there so much hate in my heart right now? Why do I hate this and hate that? I, I, I thought I had all that in check. And that's that refinement process. Yes. Um, God's not saying you failed. Uh, God's saying there's just still more in you and I got to get it out of you. And that's yeah. all he's doing. He just wants that slag and that dross to come up to the top so he can take it away for you. That's all. Yeah. And how does he do that? He turns up the heat. He does. He does. If you really want to know if something's still in you, and that's why I never try and claim, especially around these people, oh, you did this, you're not holy, you did this, is not holy. Well, you know what? I'm going to be open and honest. Yeah, I'm st- I still got some stuff in me. You know, mm-hmm. I still got some stuff I'm working through. And... I always used to joke about it. Say, yeah, I still have some issues. If you want to, if you want to find out what they are, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was poke, one of my poke the bear. Yeah, I was one of my sayings. But you know, uh, what what bought that thing when we were talking about? There's a difference between uh, knowing Jesus Christ and believing in Jesus Christ, and both of them rely on the Holy Spirit. If you're going to believe, you can't come to Jesus. Unless the Holy Spirit draws you. Exactly. Um, so we don't want to seem like we're belittling people's salvation. That's not what we're saying. And I'm going to get a little heavy here because this last year, God was speaking to the whole body of Christ and a lot of people weren't listening. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing with COVID and all this. And I'm not going to even get into the numbers or else we'll just get mad. That's not where I'm going with this. Despite what you might see on the news and despite what the social media and even your friends and family might be telling you, if you will stop and get quiet and if you will listen, you will hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the body of Christ. Yes. And what he was doing from the start of last year, even before COVID even became about, he was saying, slow down. Mm-hmm. He was saying, slow down, and you need to get reacquainted with me. And all your busyness and all that you're depending on, you need to get in touch with me. You need to shut down the noise, and you need to get in touch with that still small voice and you need to know me for me, not the way the church says, not the way you, you don't need to know just a certain aspect. You don't need to know me the way I'm presented in the pulpit. You don't need to know me the way I'm presented on the television. You don't need to know me the way that I'm presented by the praise and worship team or by the missionary that's asking for donations. And I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying that's one of these ways that that God has presented to you. And he's saying to the, not just to me, not just to you. He was saying to the whole body of Christ, you need to get along with me and you need to deepen this relationship with me because stuff is coming and you need to get prepared and to be effective. You're going to need to, be reacquainted with me. Return to your first love is what he was saying. And as I saw the reactions of people that I know, people that I love, 
people that I don't know that well, just in general. I came to, I, I really believe this. There's a lot of people that believe in Jesus Christ. There are a whole lot less people that actually know Jesus Christ. And there's a difference. So I'm not trying to say they ain't saved. You believe on the Lord, you should be saved. So they believe, but they don't know him. And there's a difference. There, there is a peace that comes when, it, when the whole world's falling around, and it doesn't, and this peace doesn't mean inaction. Okay. But when the whole world's falling around, falling down around you, it's that peace that sustains you and that you know who you're with and everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a difference between believing in Jesus Christ and knowing him. Right. As far as that, there's a difference between fearing the Lord and knowing him. Okay. And, and we can. A lot of times there are people, I, I fear the Lord, and that's needed. That also comes from the Holy Ghost. Right. When you see people that don't reverence the Lord, you see what kind of train wrecks come out there. But I'm, I'm telling you, what well, he was, what if all these people want to go about and there was all these distractions, and if you try and listen to, if you try to, no matter what your politics are, if you try to look and see, well, COVID this and this and this and all this other stuff going on, if you're listening to the Holy Ghost and you know his voice, you were able to read between the the words that were in the spaces. Right. Yep. I, 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 was, I was called that to get read between the ink and the page. Uh, yeah. You know, and, um, you know, just a caveat on that. There is, uh, I look at it as, for a lot of us, we're still babes in Christ. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Being a babe is kind of kind of neat and kind of cool because you get taken care of. But that's not necessarily where we need to stay. And uh, if I could add evidence as to, you know, well, Dara, how do you know we're still babes in Christ? Who, you know, who made you Jesus? How do you know these things? Well, Let's just look at what we're doing uh, all around us as Christians. Um, for one thing, when sinners sin, uh, we shouldn't be that surprised. Uh, but when we see Christians doing questionable things, then it should raise an eyebrow for us. Sure. Um, so when I look around and I see we're still arguing about baptisms, we're mm-hmm. still arguing about, um, you know, uh, different things that the Bible calls the elementary teachings of Christ. Yeah. Um, and he, and Paul, Apostle Paul calls these things, you know, milk for babes. Um, as long as we're arguing about those things, those, those points of doctrine and, and theology, um, we'll never— will never grow uh, into mature men. Um, and that's one of the reasons I really got into that section in in the book about, uh, you know, the, the, the children and the young men and, and, and the fathers and, and whatnot, simply because um, we do need to progress out of that uh, childhood and get into that uh, stage of a young man where we can start fighting, uh, start fighting uh, in the name of the Lord in our prayer closets. Uh, and yeah. those things. That's where we need to be. Um, so, no, we definitely don't want to belittle 
anyone's uh, method of salvation and, and where they're at. But we definitely want folks to understand that, hey, there's there's more after that. And we want you to, to experience Jesus on, on, on a personal level and understand that, man, he's right there with you and he wants you to know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank used to say that uh, uh, he loves to hear the sound of your voice. And, Absolutely. And I'll tell you, now my grandpa, um, when I was a kid, Papa George, we would, he'd, him and Flora would take me to church, and we'd sit in the second pew. And uh, Papa George's favorite song was the old rugged cross. And I don't think mm-hmm. I can sing that song without tearing up now. But anyway, sure. um, he couldn't carry, he couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. Uh, he, he sang off key uh, and everything else, but he sang loudly. Uh, and he even volunteered and sang in the choir when the choir was shorthanded um, because he knew somehow that uh, the Lord loved to hear his voice. Uh, and so when, when Frank started talking about what well, Jesus really loves to hear your voice. Uh, Papa George always popped up in my mind because uh, uh, if uh, if he can sing off key, well, then so can I. And that's, yeah. that's the way I like to keep it. So, Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when when Frank talking about Lord loves to hear your voice, there was one other thing that that, that reminded me of was, I don't want to get too far into this, but We'll save that for another show, maybe two shows out of that one. We were in an environment, and I would say different environments. You and I together were in one, and then we were exposed to some other ones uh, individually where titles were a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. you, were, you, were, you were prophet this, you were uh, apostle this, you were minister this or pastor, whatever whatever your calling was. And, and I do remember God dealing with me about what my calling is. But he didn't go say, go, eh, just start proclaiming that. Right. You know. Right. At the, same, at the same time, though, in that environment, the thing that I just kept remembering in all that was when he talked to me, he called me by name. Right. I heard my first name. Yeah. Whenever I'd be in the prayer closet and or there was a time for uh there was a time to just get quiet or else maybe if it was a time I might have been heading the wrong direction or just might have been heading the right direction just need to slow down but he really needed to get my attention he just say chris and I'm like oh yes sir mm-hmm. yeah and there's uh I tell you what there's I, I agree 100% is either he called me by my name or son uh, yeah. Is what he, what he referred to me, but you're right. It was never, it was never uh, by by some title or 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 by something man made that that uh, that we've exalted ourselves to. Yeah. Um, one thing I could add, if if we were to start wrapping this up before we get too far into this, um, is in talking about this relationship and and knowing Jesus versus ex- experiencing Jesus versus reading about him and, and all these things um, is there, there's just nothing that beats that, uh, that time together. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's not going to look the same for, for everybody. Correct. Uh, 
that's not going to look the same. Some folks can go into their literal prayer closet and spend an hour there. Uh, for some folks, it's going to be whatever prayer time you can muster up uh, on the drive to work. Whenever Jesus talks to you, whenever you talk to him. But I like what you said. The biggest thing is is to, while we're doing all this talking and petitioning, and and asking the Lord for this, and we're praying for little Susie to do well in school, and we're praying for this and for that. Um, it's also really important to just be quiet. Yes. Because uh, he wants to talk back to us. You know, he wants us to hear him. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell you what, he has really used some of the smallest things to develop that, 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 that inner voice. For me, little things like uh, you forgot your car keys on the counter, that that little mm-hmm. thought that flashes through your mind as you walk out the door and go to get in your truck, like, oh, man, I ain't got to get my, my keys are in the house. And then that it says, yeah, I, I just told you they were on the counter. Uh, you know, little things like that, that his ways of grooming uh, that ear so that you can hear him. And yeah. some some folks might look at that and go, oh, man, you're, you're, you're just crazy. You're just hearing your own voice. Well. Mm-hmm. Call it what you want, um, but the more you pay attention to it, the more you start to have faith, the more you start to believe it, uh, you'll see even bigger things, if we can call it that, even bigger things uh, start to come come to pass and start to be said to you. And so. in, in when we started the book project and looking back on a lot of my notes and stuff, uh, you talk about, oh, it's just your voice. Well... <sighs> I can tell you one of the reasons that I know it wasn't just my voice is because I can look at certain things that I wrote down in my Bible 20 years later, little notes mm-hmm. where I felt the Lord was talking. And then I looked at how they came to pass details. Right. Yeah. You, you know, and that's beyond my ability. It really is. Right. You know, and get, just wrapping this thing up, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, we're talking about belief versus knowing. And I'll just tell you what I see. You can agree or disagree. But it's one thing to say you believe because you got a guilty conscience. You don't want to go to hell. Or the preacher preaches it right and I feel guilty. Well, I believe. And it's another thing that we see even after people say that they believe. But you see everything's so work-based. They're trying to work off the guilt they have. Yeah. But it's something totally different. This is kind of where we'll go. Uh, in our next podcast, be about relationship, how to grow that. But it's something totally different to let the Holy Spirit come in and talk to you about your faults and show you the real you. And then you follow whatever he says to do so you can deepen that relationship. Exactly. You're right. You know, and that's the whole thing. And it's the, the one of the things about it is that it doesn't, you don't, Wanted to make it all about the journey, but but the journey is a big part of it. The destination is a big part. You know, <laughs> I, you know I'm not going to lie and say, well, it's all about the journey. It ain't all about the journey. <laughs> now, if you went through all that and, and you didn't end up in the right place and you didn't uh, end up with an eternity with him, then that's a very bad thing. So the destination <laughs> is important, but the, it really but so is. is. So is the journey. Exactly. We just can't get uh, wrapped up uh, and, and think that the, the destination is is the only thing. Uh, and that's that's what we're trying to get out there and says, hey, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, now you're saved. Hey, great. You're going to heaven. You're going to spend an eternity with Jesus. That's great. Now, the Bible says, Jesus says in red letters, you know, that I came to give, uh, I gave to I come to give life and so they may have uh, life to the full somewhere. And I'm paraphrasing here. But have Jesus more talked, abundantly, one have, translation says. Yeah, have it more abundantly, one translation says. Um, the thing is, I don't believe Jesus was talking about more abundant life in the, uh, in the in the eternal realm, in the eternity. He was speaking now. He yes. came to give life more abundantly right now. And that is where that life lies, is in that relationship. And now you start talking to, to people uh, who are close to the Lord, and they tell you some of those folks may not have a penny in their pocket, but they tell you the richest man on the earth because they know Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're trying to get out there to you folks. Thanks for listening. We sincerely hope that this broadcast helps you to grow in the Lord. For more information, check us out at www.wofoyo.org or subscribe to this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Remember, if you're going to grow, you got to Wofoyo. Get in the Word for yourself.